everyone. Thank you for joining in on episode eight, our transition talk here with IDLM. I am Anna Adams, and I have a special guest with me today. I have a special guest. Her name is Linda Muhammad Badal. She is an author, she is an RN, she's a Reiki master, and she is also an end-of-life doula educator, and we are lucky to have her a part of our team as well. Welcome, Linda. Thank you for joining in with me today. Thank you. I'm honored, and I'm always glad to uh, be a part of whatever. It always turns out to be a great deal, so I'm honored. Wonderful. Well, we're so happy to have you, and um, today our, our talk, our, our topic for today is about doulas and hospices. And so, you know, you and I both, we, we work with hospice, and so we get to see, you know, front hand about how this really works. And um, hopefully, I think what, I, I'm hoping today we can encourage more hospices and more doulas to um, work together. It is such, if you can get the two to join, for the client, uh, it's such a great partnership. It really is. Um, it's getting to both see both the benefit of how this partnership can help both be served. And as we know, our unfortunately, our healthcare system is broken in many areas, many places right now. And, you know, we even have, you know, clients that are in some areas not even able to get hospice, you know, care or anything. Yeah, uh, and I serve some areas here in Tennessee that, you know, as a doula, I have partnered. I think the benefit I have is being a nurse and a doula, which I love them both. But I have partnered with some physicians that maybe the family is close by. Some people still need that uh, education and the benefit of hospice, and they don't want hospice, but they would prefer a doula. And either on both ends of that, educating the family or a hospice facility, mm -hmm. it's really about education about what we do and the benefits of that. You know, absolutely, because, you know, there is clients that I have worked with who, you know, it could be their holistic perspective of the way they want their care. Um, and I have some that have actually had some bad experience, and so they don't want to use hospice. And so we can be able to help bridge in those gaps as well as a doula. And, and that is one of the benefits even with my job. They use me as a nurse and a doula. I'm not full-time as a nurse, but I kind of am able to navigate both of those things. Um, it is good to have the doula to open the door for the hospice, mm -hmm. you know, a facility or whatever, because um, a lot of times the clients that I've served that have maybe been hesitant about hospice, you know, with education and support and, and guiding them along, I was able to open the door at a certain point when it was really needed and they were accepting. So, you know, and that is where hospice can also see us in a palliative care kind of thing. There are some hospices that, um, you know, they see people palliatively before they actually become a hospice patient. As a doula, I fit in real well, and most doulas will, mm -hmm. doing visits, a couple of visits before um, maybe they are really ready for hospice. 
and then the hospice provider is right there. And that is one of the ways. As a doula, we have to be creative in how we can fit in mm-hmm. when we approach a hospice. And I think one of the good things is to know the flow of hospices. As a doula, we need to be familiar with the flow. Uh, no, and, and being able to educate a hospice in where we can fit in in that flow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of different education, you know, and I was really, really surprised when I had this conversation with even people that I worked with through hospice, that they had loved ones on hospice as well and said, oh, you know, when I was explaining what an end of life doula does and how we can support, many of them were like, oh, wow, you know, my hospice didn't even have time to explain this or do this, you know, or no one told me about this. And so, a doula can really fill in gaps that can support hospice and also sometimes we're there so much more longer than the hospice team's able to spend time with those patients so we can then build that relationship and be able to go to hospice and say hey the family has these concerns or they have reached out and about these certain concerns and nobody has gotten back I really want this patient to stay on service with you. How can we help you? How can I help you so we can bridge this together and get things taken care of for our patient even? You know, so there's a lot of different avenues of ways that the doula can work together. And I will say, I've actually had a couple students that I've worked with, um, doulas that I've worked with, that have come to me and said, hey, Anna, you know, you never believed this, but I was working with the client. Kid you not, I had a student tell me this, graduate. I was working with the client. The hospice nurse came in. I introduced myself, said, hey, you know, whatever I can do to help you, please let me know. And they told the family, oh, you don't need a doula. You have, hosp- you have hospice. You don't need an end-of-life doula. But the family already understood and knew the value of having a doula services, you know, doula to provide services with them. So they said, no, we're keeping our doula. But it's just little things like that. And so I wish and I hope that we can let the, the staff out there know that, you know, we can provide support, not just for our families, but also them as well. And we can work together as a team to come together to make this moment, this final act of life that we have, we can't do a redo, but that we can come together and be able to provide support and work as a team to make it be the best that we can do out of this situation. Absolutely, and I find like some of those gaps that we can help to make it a balanced, service for the client is, you know, um, sometimes when hospices are about to discharge a patient because they're no longer appropriate, mm-hmm. but they still have chronic illnesses, that would be a good time for a doula so, to support a client group. So those, that's a gap. And then, like I said, sometimes uh, right before when a patient is not quite ready for hospice and doesn't quite meet the hospice guidelines for whatever reason, but they are still chronically ill and maybe at a, about at that borderline period. That also is a good time. And then during their service, when the patient is transitioning 
and requires more time and more monitoring for whatever reason. Maybe there's been a lot of medication changes and you don't necessarily need a nurse there, but you just need somebody that's educated about the whole dying process to help and guide the family through. That could spend more than an hour with them, but maybe two or three hours, because sometimes the need for patients, as patients, I mean families, as patients are transitioning, is uh, they need more education and support. And it's not necessarily medical support, it's somebody that's educated that can guide them through this process. Mm-hmm. That also is a good place yeah. for an doula. And I know for my organization, it took a lot of education to prep them about where I could fit in mm-hmm. as a doula. Yeah, so I definitely encourage you know hospices out there, reach out to local doulas that you have in your city, state, your area. And, you know, have them come in and do a presentation, even if it's just for the head team or, you know, for you want to do that first and then have, you know, your whole entire staff so that they can become fully aware of how a doula can really help bridge gaps and be a support there between the hospice and the, the family. You know, doulas can be also, you know, I'm encourage other hospices to hire doulas a part of their organization, a part of their different teams they have, because we always end up having that client that needs some extra support, needs, you know, someone to come in and have, you know, sometimes it's part of our biggest job as a doula is listening. And sometimes, you know, that family may just need someone to really sit there and even if it's two or three hours to listen, because that is our biggest role as a doula is listening and and seeing. And then that doula can come back to your hospice team and say, hey, you know, I had a sit down long visit and family's having anxiety, but you know what? I just let them release and they're feeling better. What happens? Then we're not having to call triage to do these other issues that a doula can just sit there and be a listening ear to, you know, which is gonna save money for the hospice. You know, having a doula part team can really save hospice, you know, that money in return that they may not even be able to get recovered from. There are the times when uh, maybe there's a discrepancy sometimes. You know, a family feels like they aren't being heard or supported. That is exactly where we can fit in. And let's be honest, I'm a hospice nurse and a doula. Sometimes there's staffing issues. Doulas really fit in and can help monitor, bridge that gap, hold a family's hand uh, during this process that sometimes, you know, we do as a hospice nurse, we do all we can, and but I may have six or seven people to see in a day. I give you my best in that hour, we all do, but if you had a dedicated person, though there are social workers, but it's always that need just to be supported as sound before mm-hmm. and someone to help, you know, bring all the services together so that it's a smooth transition. And that's what I see as a doula. That's where I am. I am to listen, to hear, to support, uh, physically, mentally, spiritually, um, in all those ways. And I, I see 
most doulas, we all do, is to educate, and sometimes it's on both sides, the caregiver's family, the patient, and sometimes the hospice, because um, a lot of hospice nurses in hospice, though they've heard of it in the life doula, they really may not understand what all that is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Many doulas can help with advanced planning. You know, our social workers, I, I love social workers, they're amazing, but my goodness, they have so much on their shoulders. You know, they have so much just like our nurses on their on the plate, so do our chaplains, you know, and so a doula can go and be able to sit down and explain a form, you know, uh, an advanced directive form to them. The doula can help do that. There are many doulas out there who are especially trained with advanced planning. Um, yeah. You know, we even have doulas who are also chaplains. They have a double role, you know, so they could help a chaplain. You know, maybe a chaplain is working with the family who just had a patient pass. We the, they could send the doula in the meanwhile to help again bridging the gap. That bridging the gap. Because trust me, it happens. You know, everybody's out there with patients. Um, a patient passes. There is that little gap there of finding the person. Basically, maybe not necessary to pronounce as a nurse, but to kind of comfort the family. Stay with them if they're in a facility. Um, support some of the facility members because mm-hmm. a lot of patients in facilities become family members uh, to, you know, patients and everything. There are so many gaps that a doula could fit in, but I think it, it is unfortunately up to us to show where we can help in these gaps. Yes. Yes, and that's why, you know, doulas, go out there and, you know, if you can pop in to our, because IDLM is always willing to help and we want to get doulas out there, get more doulas out there to help these, you know, everybody's community, you know, join our movement. That's one of the things that we do in our mentors program is we help our graduates and our students to be able to craft together. You know, we have a PowerPoint that we give all of our graduates to go out and use that PowerPoint to educate. You already have something made, <laughs> you know? And that, I mean, you can't have any. And as a doula, when I, like, I've been a doula now, maybe six, six, seven years, haven't counted, but, you know, one of the first things I realized that you have a benefit if you're especially in a small community mm-hmm. and, are kind of known and if you're not known work to be known in your community as somebody that is ethical and provides good services and is educated be the professional in your community that may mean that you have to be creative and as to how to send your name out there in the community have the deaf talks you know go to assisted livings and uh Go to a great person in assisted living and nursing homes is Mm -hmm. the activity director. Sometimes you can get in and go to meetings where you are educating the family members. A lot of them usually have monthly, bi-monthly meetings for patients and families to keep things up. They're looking for things. This is a good time for you to go in. We just, and then, you know, the other thing is if you know physicians in your, we don't always think about that. For physicians, if you know physicians and have a good relationship with them, that is how I get some clients. It's because I've worked with physicians. Um, sometimes they have patients that are elderly that may be 
not enough quite ready for hospice, but it's a lot of changes going on. Mm-hmm. And they do, you know, if they've seen somebody 20 or 30 years, they want to know what's going on with them. You can fit that gap for them. So yes. Physicians, go to physicians, office, introduce yourself. We have to be creative and know, you know, sometimes you've got to be educated as doulas on where are the gaps that we can fit in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's another avenue, too, that, you know, doulas can definitely get in and working with um, doctor's office because, again, a lot of doulas will do advanced planning and they can help those clients that you have you know, that you're seeing in your practice. And then not only that, you can refer these clients, like Linda was saying, that are elderly or that are maybe not quite right ready for hospice just yet, or maybe they even could be. It's just they're not accepting of of the situation at at, at the hand. A doula can come in and educate the caregivers and help educate the client and help them and explain, or maybe they had a bad experience with, in their mind, that they have had a bad experience with hospice, you know, Um, and they could, the the doula can then explain, because sometimes people out there, I've noticed, clients that I've worked with, they say they've had a bad experience, but it wasn't a bad experience. They weren't educated that giving morphine is not what killed the, you know, it's not, they didn't kill them. It was the disease that took our, you know, our loved one away. So it, it, they need to know that. And once they get to, lost you there for a second, but I'm glad you're back. <laughs> oh, we have Shelly popping into the conversation. So we'll get Shelly in here too. Hi, Shelly. Hey, so I'm gonna try to work it out. Okay, okay, no worries. Hi, Shelly. Shelly, everyone, I'd like to introduce to you uh, Shelly Shepard. She is also an RN and a hospice nurse as well. And so welcome. We were just talking about the importance of doulas working with hospices and how we're filling in and we can bridge a lot of different gaps. And um, one of the things that I had mentioned just a minute ago, or me and Linda were talking about, is that how you know we have sometimes clients that we've worked with that who have say they'll use the words that they've had a bad experience but it necessarily wasn't a bad experience no one took that time to really explain that giving the pain medicine was you know maybe that it was given but it's not what took them away the disease is what took them away and so in their mind, they've had a bad experience or maybe have a bad taste. Bringing in a doula, we can come in, educate, and then they kind of, then they'll get to understand that, oh, that's not what happened with my other loved one. This yeah. is the yeah. process. That happens so much, Anna. I, I spent a lot of time doing admissions as a hospice admission nurse in all sorts of facilities and mm-hmm. I mean everywhere, homes, group homes, facilities, hospitals, and you're so right. I mean, uh, one classic story, this family I was talking to that um, I explained to them, that the woman was the um, medical power of attorney for her aunt, and uh, I said, okay, we're going to, you know, stop the IV fluids because her body's slowing down. She you know, it just causes more pain and suffering to push these fluids in. And she jumped up from the table and I thought that I offended her. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh my gosh, 
five years ago, her mom had died on another hospice in a different hospital. And she, when she signed the papers, they took everything away and she felt like she, she hastened her mother's death because they took the fluids and everything away. And she had that aha moment where she realized that all this time she was guilting herself over it. And she realized that that was what we do, but no one had explained it to her. And she called the day of her aunt's funeral to thank our hospice for educating her because it was like it lifted a weight off, a five-year weight off of her shoulders that she had just assumed that she caused her to die quicker. Yeah. And she was so grateful to know that she hadn't. Um, and it, it's huge. Like Linda was saying, and you, Anna, the education piece is the biggest piece um, for helping families to be comfortable. And I think, too, yeah. you can't just explain it one time. It has to be done multiple times, you know. And it helps that multiple people are saying the same thing. Yes. So that's another way that the doula comes in is that you're supporting the hospice and what they're saying and you're saying the same things. It provides a, a basis of trust for the client. Okay, they're all saying the same things. And a lot of times people that are fearful of hospice, sometimes it's not even their own experience. It's what they heard from other family members mm -hmm. or friends or whatever. Uh, and when you have that fear base about the medication and all of a lot of times people do get extra medication as they are dying. And what really happens is that they get comfortable and they can release. Yeah. And sometimes that's not really explained to people. So it takes multiple people sometimes to say the same things and sometimes to say the same things in different ways. Exactly. 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 And, and even the pamphlets that we hand out too, um, like the Barbara Carnes, the Blue Book, and our hospice has a pamphlet that explains all the end of life, um, you know, what happens, why, why is your loved one not wanting to eat anymore? And, and when people can read that on their own, and they, they, it does, it reinforces that for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just keeping it simple terms, letting them yeah. know, you know, because sometimes, you know, I, we all, as medical professionals, we have to catch ourselves, you know, because we get used to talking with our colleagues, you know. So keeping it really simple in terms for them to understand. And I think, yeah, absolutely. Hearing it from different people, will that will trigger something for somebody. It does, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, I my biggest thing today is I really want hospices to know that, Doulas are not working against you. We're working with you and we can come together as a team united and provide support, um, you know, to one another and to be able to provide that the best for our clients and our, you know, our patients that we're working with. And I feel like um, that fortunately and unfortunately, that is going to be some of the doulas role. Because you, when you work with a hospice, say you have a patient, and this has happened to me uh, when I've had my own patients, uh, you have to make that experience pleasant for everybody. And some of the things we can do is, you know, work with the hospice. We're all working together to meet the needs of a client. Mm -hmm. And don't bet, you know, 
we have to have that positive attitude about how we all can work together, that's going to create a better ideal for hospices and doulas. Don't be the person that undershoots what a hospice is saying or anything. Unfortunately, there are Good some that have done that in the past. We got to own our stuff. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. We are cooperative with them. Work with them. Have, you know, uh, if there is some, some discrepancy between you and a hospice worker, work that out in a positive way mm -hmm. so that you leave a positive taste in your mouth. Because that's another, you know, I hate to say it that way, but it's a referral source for both of us. Doulas can also be a referral source for a hospice, and I don't think that hospices, if you're in your community and you're known in your community, you are a referral source, and that's a power play for us. And for them also, they are a referral source for us. So it just makes sense for us to compliment each other. Right. Absolutely. That's one of the things that we talk about with our doulas, too, about we have a lane and we stay in that lane. And we are there to support both parties in, in this area. And, you know, but we still stay in our lane as non-medical professionals, you know, and we are just there. And our, the biggest job I think that a lot of people have a struggle with of that doulas, our biggest job is listening. Sometimes it's not even really saying anything, but listening. And then there's a time of educating, you know, educating those stages, educating what could be coming, you know, and providing that support. And so we do, we need to come together. And if there is a bump in the road, that's okay. Work together and do it in a positive, positive way to come together and work together as, as a team. I see doulas and I explain something. We become a sacred space for people. And you need to go into the environment saying, you know, being that, that you become a sacred space for communication, for support. You just become a place where, you know, a client can feel comfortable saying some things maybe they, they wouldn't say. Mm -hmm. You know, or giving them permission to say it. And then you're their advocate. So all of that kind of. Uh, I think we lost her. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Linda, I think oh, we dear. lost you. Oh, I agree totally with what Linda was saying, though. It, it's so true and so important. And I think sometimes, you know, just because um, I've been a nurse in the field and doing the hospice admissions and with the families, and I know that other hospice team members, you know, sometimes you feel like you have to be rushed or you're on the clock. And mm -hmm. really, like Linda was saying, creating that sacred space as a doula because we, we have we can create all the time we need where families are more relaxed and comfortable sharing yeah. with us than relaying it back to the hospice team. Mm -hmm. And it's just building point. that trust. It's really that trust that gets to be built. And so that's what I always tell the hospice too, you know, we're your eyes and ears as a doula because a family, and especially too, because I've worked with a lot of clients, they don't want to complain. They don't want to complain. Right. So they yeah. they don't want to say anything, but it does need to be something to be said. So that's where that doula could say, hey, you know what, Miss Smith was really, you know, da 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 da, and be able to bridge that, 
you know, togetherness. Linda, I'm so sorry we lost right. you there for a second, but we were like, yes, yes, yes she was saying it. I have to apologize to everybody. I'm probably, I'm in between my work day, so I'm probably not in the best space. So unfortunately, I'm so glad Shelly is on. Uh, you know, we, I may go in and out, but I'm going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, you know, this has been a fabulous conversation, and I thank you both for joining in with me today. Um, you know, any last words or anything that y'all would like to share with those out there, whether it's a hospice company, someone that's thinking about becoming a doula, or any of our doulas out there? Advocate for your loved one. I mean, that's what it's all about to me whatever you do. I mean, as a hospice nurse, you know, we, we have a lot of patients in facilities and sometimes you hear angst with the family that, you know, facilities aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, but help the family get the help they need. You know, if there's a hospice team in a facility, tell them to call the hospice directly if they're not getting what they need from the facility. And, you know, just creating that space, like Linda said, um, for the families to be feel comfortable that we're there to support them and we'll do whatever we can mm -hmm. to bridge the gaps, you know? Thank you, and yes. For me, I think for doulas is that be accepting, be creative, and be a, an important, you know, be a part of your community. Mm -hmm. Because if your community knows you, your name will come out and will kind of do that so then if that is the case um, and as far as being a hospice nurse you know uh, a lot of times we have to educate other nurses into the benefits of a in the life doula and that we don't have to be against each other but we're we can be a cooperative effort with each other working well together to meet the needs of the client so really as uh, in the life doula, you're just in this in-between space, which is a good space to be if you look at it. And having the space and all the knowledge that you bring to the table, be the professional that you are, uh, keep your name in the community, and be a resource because we are. Mm -hmm. And educate, educate, and support the best you can. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, just get out there, educate, share, you know. And if you need help, uh, doulas out there, reach out to us here at IDLM. We're more than happy to help you. We have our, that's what we train our doulas as they graduate to go out and educate um, because that's a very big, important part of our, our practice is to go out and educate. And so I wanna thank Linda and Shelly for joining in with me this today, this morning. And um, thank you so, so much and sharing your knowledge and, and your experience with everybody. Um, and uh, we will look forward to seeing everybody soon again. We will not have a transition talk next Monday. We are gonna be, me and Pam are taking some much needed self-care for the Memorial Weekend holiday. So we'll be back um, in June, uh, first Monday of June, back on track and, and having some more amazing industry discussions. And uh, we encourage everyone, feel free to reach out to us anytime, any questions, we're always here for you. Thank you all. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Shelly, for Thank joining you. in. Thank you. Take care. Bye.